A widely derided article in The Atlantic has called for a Covid amnesty. And I'd like to add my voice to the chorus of disapproval that is refusing this noxious olive branch. Many of us saw this coming. I put out a film at the height of the pandemic in which I made clear that face masks were useless. Though not as useless as the Perspex screens which, for some reason, are still erected in every bloody shop in the land. And I also said that, while we should shield the vulnerable, lockdowns were a terrible idea. They would lead to alienation, and they would cause an economic tsunami which would wreak catastrophic damage for years to come. I also argued that the vaccine did nothing to stop transmission, and that vaccine mandates were an unjustifiable criminal affront. Many, many other people put forward this case on all of these points, including the esteemed scientist who signed the Barrington Declaration. And we have been utterly vindicated by the turn of events. But how were we treated at the time? We were treated as pariahs. We were cancelled, banned, censored and abused at every turn. In many cases, our friends and families turned on us and cast us out. We were expunged from our jobs, suffered severe economic hardship, and we were abused and attacked in the streets. And now, the people who abused us, the people who arrogantly lectured and sneered at us, while being wrong about everything, want us to kiss and make up, want us to just forget about how they treated us. They want us to forgive them and to just move along, and I say no, a thousand times no. And not just for personal reasons of emotive retribution. There's a far bigger point at stake here. The Covid alarmists hope to sally off and face no consequences for the irrevocable harm they wrought. But they stop people from seeing their ailing relatives and loved ones. In many cases, they stop people from saying goodbye to those they cared for most. They prevented people from going to funerals, or bullied them when they did. They stopped children from going to school while stuffing them into pointless face masks. They crippled their educations and retarded the language development of countless young children. They attacked us in the street. They beat up and arrested people. They fined us, even jailed some of us. We were assaulted for taking a stroll in the park. These are the B-Kind Brigade, and as usual, they created an extremely ugly period. One defined by division, judgmental abuse, and the sneering arrogance of people who were wrong about everything. And those strictures, this behaviour, endured long, long after it was clear that 99% of the population had little to fear from Covid. Yet the hysterical alarmism meant that hospitals and doctor's surgeries turned away or refused to treat people with many other ailments. Huge numbers suffered because of this. Many people died as a consequence. And in many places, we still have to put up with this nonsense. In Italy, Spain and elsewhere, they still insist on pointless face masks in public transport chemists and doctors' surgeries. 
There are still pointless perspex screens up all over the place. Airports and planes are still acting like we're in the pandemic that never was. This lunacy wasn't universal, of course. And in the places that refused to impose those sanctions, like Sweden and most of Africa, the illness rate and death toll were no different than they were anywhere else. The evidence is clear. It was all pointless. It was the most over-egged, alarmist response imaginable to a moderate threat. And all the voices that urged for a more proportionate response were howled down by the sort of deranged sheep who now want to face no consequences for what they've done. And that's the thing. Because they are facing no consequences. Apart from the economic catastrophe that we warned them was coming. But we faced horrific consequences from what they did. Those who defended this claimed to be following the science. But for one thing, the science was shaky from the outset. It was based on alarmist models forwarded by discredited, hysterical activists like Neil Ferguson, who'd been wildly wrong countless times before, and who then proceeded to ignore all his own advice on the lockdown anyway. Or like Dr Peter English, who I featured before. He offered doom-laden predictions and treated any who questioned him as a contemptible fool. But in the event, his forecasts were out by 95%. So the science sucked. More than this, we shouldn't just listen to scientists. And we don't. The branch of science we most frequently encounter is, as in this case, medical science. And if you listen to your doctor, you'd never smoke, never drink, you'd avoid fatty foods, exercise regularly, and live on a diet of fresh fruit and veg. But you probably don't. You probably ignore the vast majority of the science. And you should. And do you know why you should? Because there's more to you than just biology. So drink the wine, eat the chocolate. Put your feet up. Live a little. It's not about how long you live. It's about how well you live. And the same applies in the bigger picture. Scientists specialise in an incredibly narrow field. They should not be encouraged or allowed to adjudicate on wider society. Because other considerations need to be taken into account. They should be listened to. But their advice should be weighed against other concerns. At present, the most alarmist, risk-averse and hysterical people dominate the narrative. But such extremists aren't terribly well-balanced. Or sane. They claim to be driven by morality. But the Be Kind Brigade fell into conformist groupthink and vindictive bullying. It was a deeply ugly period. They behaved with appalling arrogance during the pandemic. And that conceit is undiminished, despite their manifest and glaring errors. Some places were worse than others. Australia, New Zealand and Canada stand out as particularly toxic examples. States revealed to have the most despotic and tyrannical governments in the West. And America too was a horror show. The Wear the Damn Mask Brigade 
abused and attacked people in the street with wanton abandon. And it was terribly depressing to watch the land of the free morph into Saudi Arabia. And the people responsible for all this, those who now want amnesty, they think all the impetus should come from us, from the people who warned them, the people who were right all along. But they're not offering any apologies, are they? There's no regret, no contrition, no humility. Just rather smug demands that we get over it. Like criminals asking their victims to forgive them without ever apologising for what they did. Emily Oster, the woman who wrote the article, was one of the worst bullies of the pandemic. But there's no recognition of that. And now she claims that we should just focus on the future. Well, no. We need to focus on the past first. Because if we don't, then no lessons will be learned. And people like Emily Oster will just do the same thing next time. There needs to be a proper accounting on this. A moratorium. We need people to accept what they got right. And what they got wrong. And why they got it wrong. And how they behaved. And why their actions were so despicable. I'm sure Emily wants to bury it. Because the alternative to that is for people like her to accept that they behaved like monsters and destroy lives. But that's exactly what they did. And they need to own up to that and accept it. Not to just ask us to forget about it all. There needs to be a reckoning. There needs to be some price to pay for all of the crimes that were committed because millions of perfectly normal people became toxic abusers because they thought they were in the right. And unless they face up to that, they'll do it all again. You want an amnesty? We want a fucking apology. If you want to support this channel, please like, subscribe and think about buying my books. They're called The Tyranny of the Left and they go into topics like this in much greater detail. They're available on the links below. Please do feel free to pick them up and let me know what you think. Thank you.